Teresa Rowe. To find out more about Shape by Faith and Teresa Rowe, please visit shapebyfaith.com or visit the YouTube channel, Facebook, or Instagram. And now, here is Teresa Rowe. Welcome to Shape by Faith, where we shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. My guest today is Patricia Durgan. She's a marketing expert, certified writer, and speaker coach. She's a faculty member at Christian Writer and Speaker Conferences around the country, a professional interviewer, and she contributes monthly articles to almost an author. I love that. (laughs) Write Life Workshops, The Right Conversation, and Arise Daily. Is that Devos or Devotions, Patricia? Uh, It can go either way according to how it's interpreted. (laughs) Okay. All right. So as a marketing coach, I'm so excited to hear about this, Patricia. Um, you serve new and upcoming Christian communicators, but Christ, you say, usually connects you with award-winning writers and speakers who want to reach even more people with the gospel message. And you've hosted, wow, over 500 60-minute interviews when Facebook Live was a new thing. Her program that's seen every weekday for two years included interviews annual 30-day summits, and periodic mini-conferences in each featuring leaders in the Christian communicators' fields. She lives in Richmond, Virginia with her high school sweetheart. She and her husband have two daughters and son-in-law, all in full-time ministry, and they enjoy three delightful grandchildren. Welcome to Shape by Faith, Patricia. Good afternoon. It's so wonderful to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Teresa. Well, absolutely. Um, as we were speaking before we began the interview, uh, I was talking to you about I have not had anyone on the show to talk about marketing. And just to let you know, I know like hardly nothing <laughs> when it comes to marketing. I just throw it out there and hope it sticks. No, I'm serious. <laughs> You know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, how do you do this? So what led you to your interest in marketing? Um, Well, the shortest answer is Jesus. I had served adult survivors of childhood abuse for over 25 years. One day on my deck, he whispered in my ear, this ministry is closed. Um, he gave me 18 months to grieve, and when it was time to return to work, he pointed me to the Christian writing and speaking world. Um, he guided me to serve them instead of becoming one of them. That may come in the future, becoming an author or a speaker um, on a national scale. That may come in the future, but serving them is my first assignment. I started a website design business for Christian writers and speakers and realized that even though they might be able to write a really great book or deliver a fantastic presentation, they couldn't often, could not explain how their message <laughs> changed their reader's life. Hmm. We can do that to our with our family and friends, but, you know, they're already on our side, so to speak. It's much more challenging to explain it so clearly that someone who doesn't know us can understand why they would be interested in what we have to offer. That's where marketing comes in. That is so good. Okay, so you do a lot of online marketing. Why are you so passionate about the online marketing? 
I come from generations of small business people. So while my husband and I homeschooled our two daughters years ago, it was a natural step for me to start a home-based business. Mm. But start one and do everything right, work very hard, produce a great product. But eventually the business would fail. And that happened time after time after time with different products. I couldn't figure out what in the world is going on. I was doing everything that you're supposed to be doing. Well, I didn't know there was a one key piece missing and it was marketing. That was in real life. The same process is online as well. Eventually, when I began studying marketing, I was able to understand what the problem was. The problem was that I expected potential customers to figure out what my product was and how it would improve their life. Hmm. I didn't realize those years back when I was doing home-based businesses, I didn't realize that I was the one that was supposed to help them connect those dots. They, The burden was not supposed to be on them. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And, you know, people have a very short attention span. <laughs> they really do. So you need to spell it out pretty quick. That makes sense. Yes. Um, okay, so you say that traditional marketing does not fit Christian communicators. So can you explain that and what should we do instead? Traditional marketing suggests that we start with our product and then figure out what is it that we want to sell and then who might want that product. And that the answer to that question is our audience base, or our customer base. That method is very data research intensive with one-on-one interviews with potential audience members. Um, it's a very science and analytic-based approach because we've never met these people before, so we don't know what their needs are, their fears, their questions, or their dreams. We're starting from zero with only the idea of what we want to to, to sell. Well, it's different if you turn that around and make it about the audience instead of us. Christ-focused marketing starts with our audience, those people that Christ has consistently brought into our lives for years or decades. Then we develop a ministry or a business that answers the questions and guides them to a solution that changes their lives if they apply it. We do this by reviewing the Holy Spirit-led conversations that they've had at work, at church, and in their community. And it's so fascinating to me, Teresa. Collectively, these people have common needs. All the people that Christ sends us for Holy Spirit conversations, they have a common thread. And we also have that thread, but we are further along than they are in the process. How else could we help them? Um, this is a very faith-based approach, so we're not starting at zero. We're starting with a vast amount of knowledge of the exact people Christ wants us to serve. That makes sense. Where were you in my life 20 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. I'm listening going, yes, yes, yes. Okay, Teresa, why? I mean, anyway, okay. Um, you invite us. To market like Jesus, and I believe you were just explaining that. Um, but what if you if you were to explain market like Jesus in a nutshell? You know, how would you sum that up? We're always wise to emulate Jesus, and he didn't expect the people to come to him. He went where the people were, and he served them there, whether they were in a mansion or in. The, an alleyway. He spells marketing S E R V I C E. 
service. Mm. We go out into the marketplace and serve others in his name, specifically those we're gifted to serve. We're representing him. That's marketing like Jesus. We take care of them. And whether they respond financially or in any other way, that's wonderful. But whether they do or not, he will. Mm, that is good. Okay, so what's the most dangerous myth to many Christians, writers, and speakers? Well, the prevailing thought is, and it's been the same no matter what time in history we live, everybody's supposed to do everything that everybody else does. Isn't that so stressful when you think about it? Like, I can't do it. <laughs> nobody can do it. Nobody can do it. Oh, but the gosh. myth goes on. <clears throat> Um, the thing about this is that other people will put a burden on us, but Christ will not. He so died good. to set us free from burdens, whether mm. that's sin or someone else's expectations or even our own expectations. That is so good. You know, I really needed that today, actually. Mm. Uh, that is good. He does not put burdens on us. So when you, okay, Patricia, when you feel like you're, you're in business and, and you have a service and, but you still feel burdened down or just zapped. What, I mean, what do you do? I know you pray. <laughs> what? Well, <laughs> With one minute to go in this segment, just sum it all up for us. Are you talking about when my schedule seems overloaded? Maybe. Yes, I, we could go in that direction. It gives me peace to know that he doesn't expect me to do everything. And I have to talk to myself about that on a consistent basis, year in and year out, because... Quote unquote, everybody suggests that that's the only way that not only we can market, but that we can please him. And that is a, that is a lie straight from the pit. Yes. Amen, sister. <laughs> he, he, he intentionally chose not to do it all himself. Mm-hmm. Jesus took time to rest, to eat, to be with friends. He certainly didn't miss any opportunity when he followed God's schedule. He didn't miss any opportunity for ministry, and he still had time to be with the people that he was closest to. Mm, That's good. Okay, great answer, and everyone needs to chew on that for a minute here. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with more Shape by Faith. Everyone stay tuned. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. Patricia Durgan is my guest, and she is the founder of Marketers on a Mission. I love that. That's brilliant. But you probably already knew that, but that's a really good title. So Patricia's great. She's a marketing expert, certified writer and speaker coach, a faculty member at Christian Writer and Speaker Conferences around the country. So I am just fascinated with the information you're giving us, Patricia. Um, all right. We're in the new year. Most people, let's just be honest, don't like to start over. So why do you love new beginnings so much? I, I just I just adore going somewhere new and starting over. I don't have a I don't have a terrible history or anything, but I was it has been my life to move. I've lived in over forty homes. Wow. My husband and I have moved with Christ direction. We've moved to we've lived in three homes in the last fifteen months. Um we hope to live in this one for a little long enough to maybe gather dust. We'll see about Wow. That. 
What do you uh, do about I, decorating, Patricia? <laughs> yeah, I'm just, pretty good. Sometimes people give me, somebody will hear that I'm going to be moving, and they'll give me the sweetest little advice about moving, how to move well. And I, I just take it and thank them very much. Uh, like I can you're get an expert. That pretty quick. <laughs> uh, but to answer your, your, to answer your question, when my dad was, uh, when I was growing up, my dad was a troubleshooter for a regional company, so we moved a lot. And then my husband and I got married, and his job took us all over. So what I found over time, because I'm slow, and Jesus just keeps on loving me, mm. keeps on inviting me to you know, understand what he's trying to say. Eventually, I got the message that every time we go to a new environment, particularly if we're moving to a new city, but it doesn't have to be that drastic a change. We get a chance to leave bad patterns behind. Mm, like that, yeah. So when we go into the new environment, the person or the people that are there, all they know is what they see of us today. Hmm, that's we good. Have you know, that's ability. good. We have the ability to change our character, our timeliness, our attitude, whatever it may be that the Lord has put on our heart to change. We can do that without any of the baggage of people who have seen us maybe rise and fall a few times in previous environments. So that's why I love New Beginning so much. You know, I'm right there with you, and I'm going to tell my husband, honey, we need to move. (laughs) Need to leave everything behind. No, that is so true. I remember um, moving to Nebraska and leaving Kentucky. And it was like, and I love Kentucky. And mm-hmm. I'm back in Kentucky. But it was refreshing. It's like these people don't know me. I can start mm-hmm. over. It's just, I don't know. It's adventurous. I just, I love I it. Yeah. I agree with all of that. <clears throat> yeah. And living in your hometown, well, I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. all right. So our schedules always seem to be overloaded, even when we don't want them to be overloaded. So how do you get it all done? And what are some of your suggestions for us? I would go back to the reassurance that God doesn't expect us to do it all. And I'll also tie in another point that we haven't gotten to that um, when I'm heading toward overload, because I am, I'm completely, excuse me, I set realistic expectations within myself of you and other people. But I have totally unrealistic expectations of myself. Mm-hmm. The Lord is working with me. I'm still slow. He's you know, very gently keeps on, you know, come on, you can do it. You can do it. So there came a time in the last, these last three months, or excuse me, these last 15 months when we moved three different houses within the framework of those moves. My husband had spinal surgery. Um, we got, we moved to a different region of the country. My business took off. My business with the ministry focus took off. There, it was crazy. It was mm-hmm. a crazy time. <clears throat> so desperate for something new, I asked him, you know, how can, how can I look at this schedule and keep these obligations? Mm-hmm. And here's the question he taught me to ask him. What can I remove? I'm asking him, what can I remove, reduce, or reschedule? and still remain in alignment with your plants. Mm, That is good. That that takes the onus off of me. It puts it on him. Now, you know, if I've intentionally overloaded myself, that's a totally different process. Mm -hmm. But sometimes life just gets so busy and we don't see realistic. We don't realize in a realistic way there's nobody else who could get that done anyway. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we're not competing with anybody else, even though the enemy wants us to think differently. That's um, right. It, it has really freed me, Teresa. Wow. Look at the calendar. Mm-hmm. And then just with his guidance, choose what, if anything, there's usually almost some, always something. <laughs> yes. What can I remove from the calendar altogether and just say goodbye? Mm-hmm. What can I reduce? Maybe I promised a 500 word article and maybe 400, 400 word article would be satisfactory as well. Mm-hmm. What can I reschedule? So most people don't mind to reschedule if we approach the, the request well. That's right. Say, Patricia, can you apply this to family members? <laughs> well, I can, but I don't know if they will. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay, I love my family. But sometimes it's overwhelming when you have a lot of family, and, I, and I'm not complaining about family. I just, right? okay, we better move on. So how has Christ taught you to add hours to your schedule? I'm very interested in this. This is actually the same answer to, to that we just talked about to to ask him how to change my schedule. And then it gives me peace. It gives him permission. Number one, that's the most important thing. It gives him permission to go through my calendar and change what needs to be changed. Mm-hmm. He's doing it for his glory. He's also doing it for my benefit. And anybody that I would benefit, they're going to receive and benefit as well as it goes through the channels. Um, it, it gives me time. It's so easy, so much easier to do than when I first started it because it seemed very risky to ask that question as if he was somehow going to mistreat me or mm. I was going to look foolish or what about my reputation because I didn't send that agreed upon time. Okay. All of that is nonsense. Mm-hmm. That's nonsense. When we're living on his schedule for us, we're going to find that there's enough time for our responsibilities, our relationships, our dreams which are really his dreams for us and ourselves for self-care. That's good. That is good. You know, I wanted to ask you about this. Um, you know, sometimes, and I, and I understand remove, reduce, reschedule. Sometimes we spend our time, you know, too much on social media or uh, maybe we're doing things that aren't that, important. So how do we balance everything? And I know we're asking God to change our schedule, but do you know where I'm going with this? I, I, I believe I do. And redirect me if I, if mm-hmm. I miss the mark. <clears throat> it's so important. And I'm not saying that I do this perfectly because I don't do anything perfectly, but I really strive I only have a few years left. No matter what that number is, it's still only a few years. Mm-hmm. I, I want to serve him with excellence while mm-hmm. I'm here. Mm-hmm. And it took him decades to get me to that point that I could say that and mean that and be able to because of the opportunities and the training they've given me. So I want to make the most of our, every opportunity. But that doesn't mean working every moment of every day. Mm-hmm. That means spending time with other people. Following his example. And one of the changes that w- some of us may make if we decide to try this process, mm-hmm. we'll find as we get closer and closer to his aligning with his schedule for us. And let me make a caveat here. There's time. He has allotted time for every single thing he wants us to get done. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So it's not a question of adding more time or making more time. Nobody can make time or even managing time. It's how can we get in alignment with the schedule he has already created for us. Part of that is we may need to return some burdens mm-hmm. to their rightful owners. Mm. That's good. That is really good. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, let's take another quick break. Time is flying by, and uh, we will be right back with more Shape by Faith. Everyone, stay tuned. I'm Mark. Hey, so what's a great way to spread awareness that driving high is illegal everywhere? A catchy song, of course. You can run, but you can't drive high. You can run, but you can't. reminder, don't drive high. If you feel different, you drive different. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. Patricia Durgan is my guest. And while you have given us some amazing information, it's common sense information that we don't think about. And it's Christ-centered and focused. And that's what I love about your message, Patricia. Um So what would you say to those who think it's too late for them? Well, some of the people who are listening feel they they have a dream and they're not sure how they can attain that dream. Okay, so number one, it's not ours to attain. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that the biblical truth that God's dreams for us never expire. Mm-hmm. It's never too late for us to follow him or to follow his dream, to step into all that he has planned for us. Now, if we've intentionally waited for years or decades, then the dream itself may, the size of it or the timing or the shaping of it might change based upon his knowledge of how long we have. Mm-hmm. Um, But his dream itself will never, ever expire. So if you're thinking that it's too late, that's not from Jesus. Jesus never says it's too late for you. And, you know, in the society that we have, the world that we have, there's always room for one more voice to share the good news. So welcome. Come on over. That's right. And, you know, I I have met so many people that started as authors later in their life, even in their 70s, 70s mm-hmm. to write. I mean, it's never too late, never. Sure. And I love the way you answered that. So um, some listeners wonder about other Christian communicators who offer the same message that they do. So how would you encourage them? I encourage would encourage them to step into the... Let me see how I want to say this. Step into the marketplace and be yourself. Mm-hmm. Are you wild and crazy? Are you very somber and quiet? Do you have a sense of humor that, that everybody loves? Or are you very dry wit, have a very dry wit and, you know, three quarters of the world doesn't even know what you're talking about sometimes. Well, the thing is that it's not just the message, because we can have, you could line up a hundred or a thousand or ten thousand people who are each sharing the same topic, f- faith-based topic. Mm-hmm. But each one of those people has a different nuance to their message. And that nuance is their personality, their character, their uh, the experience, life experiences they've had so far, and on and on and on. The parts that make you uniquely you mm-hmm. are 
are those are the very elements that everybody wants to tamp down. You know, you need to conform, be a robot. Okay, and Jesus says, I'm against robots. I love you just the way you are. I made you the way you are with personality and sense of humor and so on. And I want you to display those as you share my message from your perspective. That is so good. You know, God breathed each person into existence. Each person is unique like every single snowflake. And and no one can bring something the way you can bring it or someone else out there can bring it. So that answer was spot on. Um, what's our most important role as we serve our audience and those we love? There's actually three parts to my answer for this question, Teresa. Okay. The first part is to become our audience's advocate. Hmm. To not only on their behalf to others, but on their behalf to themselves. Mm-hmm. The second part is to become their trusted resource so they know where to turn to for the hard answers. And the third part of my answer is to remind them, those people, whether they're family members, co-workers, if we're an author or a speaker, we have an audience, remind the people in our charge that we're supposed to minister to, whether that's formal or informal ministry, remind them over and over and over that God loves them. Now, we know this mentally, but it soothes our heart to hear this from someone that we trust and that we respect and someone who has proven themselves to be on our side through the years. Because Jesus sees all our sacrifices and every single person who's alive or has ever lived has made sacrifices that nobody knows what they are. Mm-hmm. That's, that's life. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ sees every sacrifice you ever made for him or for the people that you serve, no matter what, that, how they, you would describe that group of people. And he is proud, proud, proud of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Okay, so let's talk about the services that you offer. I want to send people towards you. So tell us what you offer. I have um, packages of sessions that are either one-on-one coaching or we have a small group coaching or they can come to a free Facebook group called Marketers on a Mission and Engage, just like I just got engaged, that kind of an engagement. Mm -hmm. Um, I can send you the links and we can post them with your permission if that works in your... Oh, yes, that would be great. Um, But my goal is, my, my goal, my... God-ordained role is to help my clients fulfill their God-ordained role. Okay. Which is to share their message. But, of course, it's not their message. It's God's message in them. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And as they do that better and better and more clearly and more succinctly and they under help people find them in the marketplace, because remember, we want to go where Jesus like Jesus and he went into the marketplace. He went to the people and served them. Yes. As we do this, then our audience grows and the gospel can be shared to more and more people. And that's what we want to be doing, reaching that's others for Christ. So if no one knows about what you're doing and you're, and you're working and working and working and not getting your message out, what good is that? So you need someone like you. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to connect with you, um, after our interview. So I love what you do. Patricia, thanks for being just a lovely guest on Shape by Faith. It's an honor. Thank you very much for inviting me. 
And thank you, listeners. Um, everyone have a blessed day. Bye. Thank you for listening to Shape by Faith with Teresa Rowe. Remember to visit ShapeByFaith.com to find out more about workouts, the TV show, podcasts, blogs, Shape by Faith products, and much more. From the cabinet doors and more studio. 